0: Joy pump 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 it up Pain. Come on come on here we go sunshine What else what
1: else rain ah oh, yeah here we go Joy come on come on here we go Pain. Pump, pump 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 it up Sunshine Hey guys welcome to Theology in the Dirt My name is Mitchell Jolly and I have some guests and some friends in the office today and we're Recording Theology in the Dirt. Theology in the Dirt exists to practice our theology in the public square of our homes, our cities, and our world. And one of the things I love about Theology in the Dirt is we're all just kind of local from around here, the state of Georgia people. Uh, None of us are highfalutin, book-writing, professional theologians. We're folks who've had and have real jobs, and um, I don't have a real job anymore. (laughs) pastoring is a real job but i used to be a teacher and educator for 10 years and and uh and so uh these guys have real jobs and that's what we do so we get our theology and we ask real world questions and we ask real life questions and we roll around in it in daily life like everybody else has to do and i think that's important so we have some fun guys in here and so i would love for you to start over there on the very end and you guys introduce yourselves and uh and then uh, we'll we'll roll on our sports hot take here in a minute. Good morning. My name is
0: Abraham. I'm uh, here located in Northwest Georgia. Uh, I work for a, a private college, um, and I'm in an enrollment. Just a just a little bit about me: first generation American, um, first generation college student. And so that's just a little bit about my background.
1: That's awesome. I love it.
2: Hey,
3: this is Nathan. Um, I'm a husband and a pool builder. My wife is a a nurse, um, and we live here in Rome,
2: Georgia. Sweet. I'm Marco. Um, I'm also a husband. My wife is also a nurse. Um, We live here in Rome, Georgia. Work at a private Christian school, Um, my alma mater. Um, uh, Work as an admissions counselor there. Um, also help lead the youth group for our church. So glad to be here.
1: That's right. Hey, before we move on to the next guy, (laughs) Abe is over there struggling with his introduction. I can see it on his face because he forgot something. So go ahead, man. this is Abraham again.
0: I am also a husband. I got I <laughs> to make sure that my, my wife's going to kill me if I didn't say I'm married, so I just wanted to go ahead and throw that in there. That's
1: Jeez. that's Ooh, the best. I saw the look daughter. on Abe's yeah. face as soon as Nathan said he's a husband and Marco yeah. said he's a husband. Abe was like, oh. Yeah.
2: There's a common theme between the four of us. I think we're about to figure out once Chris introduces himself to
4: you. Yeah, okay. He spoiled it. I'm, spoiled I'm Chris. Uh, I'm also a husband. That's the common theme. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's another
1: common theme. All our wives medical are in field. the medical field. Medical That's field. Right, there yep. go. My we wife ever get injured,
4: this is the room to be in. Um, well, maybe not this room, but
2: <laughs> whatever room they're in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: um, I also, like Marco, work at my alma mater, not martyr. And, um, oh, I said
2: martyr, didn't <laughs> I? And uh, one day it will be. It's a good time.
1: That's awesome. That, this is one of the reasons I wanted this crew to come on this podcast, because I knew it would be absolutely fun. It would. Uh, we do talk about serious things, but we also like to have fun, and so I'm, I'm glad these guys are in the office today. This is Theology in the Dirt. It's brought to you by Global Impact Restoration Rome, and we record here at Global Impact Restoration Rome, where our aim is to see every child in our our region— achieve their God-given potential uh, in the power and name of Jesus Christ. And so we work in foster care and adoption in Northwest Georgia and set a standard really for the state of Georgia, working with the state of Georgia and the federal government to uh, alleviate foster care needs in, in the region and our state. And so, man, we're glad to, uh, glad to be part of that, glad to be recording here in this place where God is doing really, really cool work. And so, Brought to you by Global Impact Restoration Rome. You can check Restoration Rome out on the website, restorationrome.org. And uh, if you're so inclined, you can make a donation there and help do the work. So we also like to talk a little bit about sports. Uh, it also helps keep us light. And so uh, this morning we're going to talk about our main our main topic is asking the question because we've been asking it for several weeks as we gather outside of here. This crew of men, we spend some time together, and uh, we're working through our curriculum that we teach called uh, Release through GlocalNet, and uh, we teach everybody in our church this who wants to learn it. Uh, it's church planting curriculum because we believe every disciple is a potential church planter, and so we walk through this stuff together. One of the questions uh, really toward the beginning is when will Jesus be enough, and, uh, and, and I'll introduce that in just a minute. We're going to talk about that topic, but before we do... It's March Madness time Uh, in the state of Georgia. It's been the craziest sports week maybe in Georgia sports history because there's a potential thing coming down the pike. So you don't have to have a sports hot take. I listen to sports talk radio every time I'm in my truck. I don't listen to worship music. I'm not listening to Christian podcasts. I'm listening to 680 The Fan on the app. So it's either the, you know, it's the locker room, it's, It's a Domino and Cellini, it's Buck Blue, or it's Chuck and Chernoff. So I'm, you know, sports talk radio. So anyway, I'm constantly on the deal. So I have a sports hot take. I'd love to hear if you guys have any sports hot takes before we dive into the deep theological subject of when will Jesus be enough?
3: Yeah, I do. Um, Based on the little information that I have, I've already come to the conclusion that Freddie Freeman – um, is all about the money, and uh, I'm not too thrilled. Okay, um, with him leaving, especially for LA. But you know what, Freddie, have fun in
2: California. Can you? Have I mean, a bad would, hot I, take. Would you? <laughs> yeah. Would you be saying the same thing if it wasn't the Dodgers? Because look, I agree with you. I hate the Dodgers. You know, I don't families. necessarily
3: love that it's the Dodgers, but when you see um, the small but big difference in the contract. Um,
2: that I think that speaks for itself. Yeah, it's no doubt that the Dodgers have way too much money, and they still can't win a World Series. And all Freddie cares about
3: is that it is. It,
2: Freddie used to be Freddie Freeman, now Freddie Money Man. Isn't
1: he? Isn't he from Los Angeles? He's from Southern California. Southern California. Yeah. I mean the 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 uh, state income tax rate in California is thirteen point three percent. Here in Georgia, it's seven some odd. So whatever money he made. On that six, like the actual it's money he's getting from same. LA is less than he was going to get from the Braves ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, primarily because of the income tax rate, and it was that sixth year, man. I don't understand why. I just don't get it. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm pressed a, a few frustrated. numbers.
3: I think he was after about two hundred.
1: <laughs> so he wanted to yeah. hunt it.
3: I
2: don't think the I don't think Atlanta was far off. But, but I don't think they were. Either. Matt Olson's a good option. He is he a good is. option. Home, hometown. So to trade. I mean, we didn't trade for Matt Olson, obviously, but to have Matt Olson is a good, yeah, you know, replacement for Freddie Freeman. <laughs> he won't ever be Freddie Freeman, but well, he can make a name for we himself. We got three in for one.
1: We got we got Matt Olson, yeah. Colin McHugh, Barry. Mm-hmm. Alum, alumnus, right mm-hmm. over there. Whoop, whoop. So we got a Barry alumnus, uh, Rome, Georgia, Barry College, pitching mm-hmm. for the Braves now, and and we got Rosario back. So we got three for the price of one. Frankly, that's not. We're bad. We're not
2: getting Soler back.
1: That's still not done yet. It's possible.
2: The man hit a ball to the moon, and we still haven't signed him.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm alright with that. All right, Abe, you got a sports hot take?
0: Well, I'm 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 actually not. Listening too much to sports nowadays, I, I just make sure to see you know if our our teams in Georgia are, are are winning, and you know I respect the you know the Braves and um and so when it comes to March Madness and, and choosing the bracket, I'm I'm one of those type of guys that just these colors look great, and uniform <laughs> looks great, the mascot man, um mascot, you right. know maybe I, I was even saying you know. If I want to throw that out there, is like maybe whoever didn't have COVID restrictions is going to win <laughs> that actually, you know, actually practice and was I was like able it. to to do the reps. And so that's kind of my, I like my thinking it. when it comes to choosing the hey, bracket.
1: Nothing wrong with that. That's good. That's good. All
2: I want to say is I'm never choosing Kentucky to go anywhere past the first round right. ever again.
1: How about St. Peter's, man? Are oh, they the Peacocks. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they beat the Peacocks, beat the they Wildcats. Beat the Wildcats. That's awesome. Now, when you
2: make a bracket, you typically go with the higher seed and throw in a couple of upsets, but I was not expecting Kentucky to upset or get upset in the yeah. first round. Yeah. Maybe the third.
1: Right. Right. But, so do you have a prediction?
2: Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, my bracket, get, the final is Gonzaga and Auburn.
1: Okay. So that, that's with, a big hot take.
2: With with Auburn winning. Um a lot of people are saying Auburn is uh overrated. Right. But I mean there's a number one by their name for a reason, so Okay. Um I think it'll it'll be a tough game and last year I chose Gonzaga and they lost against Baylor. So Okay.
1: I'm not right. making that mistake again. Don't make that mistake again. I got you. I got you. Chris, you got a sports hot take. I don't pay
4: much attention to sports, unfortunately.
2: Um, <sighs> just say I UConn got upset too But I
4: will say um, I, I do think That it is quite impressive That Mr. Tom Brady is back again
2: um, Impressive slash not surprising
4: <laughs> But I just hate how much I guess uh, publicity he's getting Versus like Why isn't anybody talking about Brett Favre And his three-peat In the NFL
2: well, how many rings does Brett Favre have?
4: I didn't ask that.
2: <laughs> well, then that's your answer. <laughs> I mean, I don't know
1: that he's three-peated, won three Super Bowls in a row. I think. Uh, well, I, I think the fact that you're not I listening guess it's to three much careers. Yeah, okay, that's that's probably a little better there. <laughs> the fact that you're not listening to much sports just became evident right there. I'm just going to go ahead and <laughs> trash did. you a little, a little bit on that one, but Dude. that's okay. That is completely okay. I, I like soccer, so uh, judge me. As since
2: well. when? He oh, no, 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 no. You're, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. We there's the, about there's
1: the crickets right there. He said soccer. At, <laughs> just go ahead and – Yeah, I mean – I mean, I mean I, we can talk about soccer, sport. but
2: some of y'all won't understand.
1: Right. I'm going to stop right there before I get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get nasty. By the way, if you do want to ask a, a theological question, you can email it at theologyinthedirt at gmail.com. I'd love to get questions, and we would love to to answer them. And so it makes for a good, good topic. So uh, here's my sports hot take, uh, and it's going it, to – be. I may, I actually may get in trouble for this one, but do it. We used to be a place where you're innocent until you're proven guilty in our country. That's where our legal system works. And I can't go into some things that are very personal. It's not me, <laughs> not me. But uh, that um, we live in a place where if somebody makes an accusation, now you're guilty in social media, and you're guilty in the world, and you can lose your job over it. And what I find interesting is accusations were made against a certain African-American quarterback. Um, He was pretty much – hadn't played or was allowed to play for the past year because of those accusations. The case actually got dropped. a grand jury did not indict him.
2: Hmm.
1: And Hmm. now the question is, should he be allowed to play again because there were accusations? And I'm going – so, so now, because the, the tide, and listen, please understand, I, <clears throat> men who do evil things to women ought to be buried under the jail. Can we agree to that? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. But I also think there is a reality in professional sports where there are women, I'm not going to use the, the slang language around that, who try to get money by getting relationships with these men. And manipulating some of their emotional immaturity, and making accusations and filing cases that get dropped, and then the civil suit just to make it go away, they'll pay them mm-hmm. because all you got to do now is accuse a man of a certain crime, and in the court of public opinion, he's guilty whether he did it or not. Yeah. That's a fact, and it's not popular. And we get in and and if you say that, people just trash you. But more on more instances than not, men have been accused where they did nothing and it's ruined their careers because this person had an evil intent. Now there are men who've done things and they again they ought to be buried underneath the jail. But I think I think what happens now is there's no legal recourse for false accusation. You can make an accusation and it costs you nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if it if you are accused it costs you everything whether you did it or not. And that's wrong, and, and And one day I'm actually going do a podcast, and it's not going to be "Theology in the dirt. It's going to be something else as to why um, the person who makes the accusation ought to carry a burden of financial weight if they lose. because the person they accuse it costs them everything. It costs them finances to defend themselves. It costs them finances to to restore their reputation. But the person who made the accusation gets to skate and walk away unscathed. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's a flaw in our legal system. And I think in the case of this one particular quarterback, now again, if he's done stuff, bury him underneath the jail. Mm-hmm. But my gosh, if if he didn't do anything, why did these women get to skate? Yeah.
0: Yeah. There should be a restoration.
1: Yeah, there should be some, some means of making things right. Yeah. Um, reparation, something of that that nature where you got to think about making an accusation you got to think about taking something from someone that doesn't belong to you including reputation and so anyway this quarterback ought to be given a chance you know if the legal system has played out and he's found not guilty then he ought to be able to work so including being traded to the atlanta falcons (laughs) which i think would be an (laughs) upgrade over our current quarterback situation by years and skill set yeah and so that's my fan
4: of maddie ice
1: i like maddie ice i think maddie ice is getting old and i think uh, he's so's Tom Brady. So's Tom Brady, but Matty Ice is no. Tom There's Brady. a different skill level there. <laughs> Matty Ice never threw the ball into the Jugs machine multiple times at multiple distances. Did y'all see that? Him throwing the the Jugs yeah, machine C- throwing CGI him CGI is one heck throw. of a thing. That is not CGI. That sub-a-gun really did that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't believe it. You think those guys paid Tom Brady to do that? And you think Tom Brady I actually did Tom that Brady's three times that, in the I row. think
1: he's that good. I mean, the man's got was he got seven Super Bowl rings? Seven. If I'm him, I'm not stopping until I got one for each finger. That's what I'm thinking.
2: If he was that good, he would have been drafted higher.
1: I mean, at least. <laughs> eight, at oh, least gosh. Eight.
2: Well, I mean, that's a part of his story is why he's considered the GOAT. Because, like, you have to respect him that he is the best quarterback of all time. I think Because he is. of what round he was drafted in and what he's done. Now, does yeah. everybody like him? Not necessarily. No. Don't I don't like the Patriots. Because they're like the Alabama right. of the NFL.
1: Right, twenty eight um, to three still haunts me. Like oh, it makes yeah. a sick thing in all my stomach all the time. So However, to Tom Brady him. is awesome.
2: He is a good football player.
1: He's a good football player. All right, that's enough of sports. Now we're gonna we're gonna skip on to our main topic. We're not gonna do overtime today. We're gonna jump into the question: When will Jesus be enough? So let me let me set the, a little bit of the stage here. I think all of us sitting around these microphones in this office will testify that Jesus is absolutely 100% enough. So the question isn't a question of the quality of Jesus. Is Jesus' quality there? Is there ever going to be a time Jesus doesn't grow into being enough? Jesus is enough. He's the king of the universe. He's the creator God. There is nothing that exists he didn't create. And he is absolutely perfect. Uh, He's God. He's creator. He's sustainer of all things. uh, And he is absolutely 100% enough. The question is really predicated on my our experience in life, where we um, I think it was Spurgeon who said, no, it was John Calvin who said the heart is an idol factory, mm-hmm. and my heart has lots of idols in it. That in, in the work of the Holy Spirit, He is continuing to root those things out over time, and so the question is is apt because uh, uh, my spiritual father Bob Roberts uh, tells a story. Um, and, and he is the one who really put together, helped put, or really put together all this curriculum that we walk through, uh, at a, at a point in time where their church was going backward faster than it ever went forward. Uh, they were struggling, uh, and they had declined, uh, a long way. And he was walking, just praying, asking the Lord, uh, well, what, what's going on? And, and he said, the Holy Spirit, just ask him, when will, when will Jesus be enough for you? If all this goes away. If this church ceases to exist um, will you be okay with that? Will you be happy just to have me and uh And that's a question he had to wrestle with had to get good with and uh and that's that's the question if all things you know are falling apart, is Jesus enough? Am I satisfied to just have Jesus? And so that's the basis of the question. And we've been we've been going back and forth with that for several weeks because it's just a good question, to help root into our hearts and ask some deep questions. So um, there's some some things we have here like get in a position to receive all He wants to give you, let go of your own glory and, and ego, and embrace God's glory. See Him in every circumstance, no matter how painful or difficult. Um, those kind of things. Um, prepare to move with God instead of holding on to a name for yourself. Uh, give Him a a lifetime in which to work, interact with God. Honesty is primary. Daily time with Him. Inspiration and exaltation. Invigoration and exercise. So, um, so I'm going to toss that question out to y'all to discuss. When will Jesus be enough? And is He currently enough? And why do you feel that way? What's going on in your life that that makes you go right now? I know this. Maybe there are some things that make you question whether or not that's reality. So, um, talk amongst yourselves how are you reflecting on this question when will jesus be enough
2: who would like to go first
0: yeah no i mean i'd like to hear maybe some of you guys as abraham um and just follow up a a question with a question is just uh maybe what what season of life are you in or what, what stage of life? I know Mitch was asking, um, where are we at? And so I, I don't know if you, you want to talk about where maybe a point in your life you were like, I, I can only have Jesus. There's nothing left. And you remember maybe a moment where, where that was the case. Maybe we can start off there in that conversation.
1: Yeah, that's a good, uh, that's a fantastic question. I think for me, um, uh, in Texas, when I left a, a mega church uh, to go back and landscape uh, so I could go spend time with Bob and learn about church planting, learn about engaging the world, um, and do that at my expense, um, I left a situation where I was a pastor in training <clears throat> for this large church in Arlington, Texas. I was a student pastor. Left this church. Uh, it was a mess, and uh, and I won't get into the nuance of why i decided to go do that but um i left this situation to go back to landscaping and intern with bob so i left pay paycheck secure income for landscaping in texas heat um and and it challenged me to go it, it, if if i never go back into the world i thought I was I'm getting this master's degree i'm theologically i got man boom I'm the man, right? I'm in a mega church. I'm I'm 27 years old. I'm going to be the pastor of this church, and now you're landscaping again, Hmm. and you're going to think about go starting a church where there's nothing, and there's going to be something, and this isn't a paid internship. This is you're paying to go spend time with this guy. It's like is Jesus enough for you? Like because, Hmm. and so that was a question I had to ask. Like if am I going to trust Jesus to supply? Um I'm gonna trust is Jesus gonna be enough if this doesn't cause this this is a pretty sure gig, but it's hell. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna leave a sure gig in hell for maybe hell and nothing sure. Is Jesus enough for me? You know? Mm-hmm. And uh and I had to face that question. Um and that seems light compared to some of the challenges these days, but that was my first time I had to face the question if all I get out of this is an, is failure. Because it's high, high high potential of failure in, in church planting role. I think some of it, I, that the stats are going to sh- they shift from day to day, year to year. But it used to be something like eighty five percent of all new church starts fail. So there's a larger percentage. There's a larger shot of failing here than succeeding. Yeah. If that fails, is Jesus going to be enough? Because I have a new baby, I have a have a newborn, mm-hmm. a wife. We're both graduating with master's degrees. We're st- we're in Fort Worth, Texas. We're living in the metroplex. And am I willing to landscape for the rest of my life? Mm -hmm. I do like like landscaping, by the way.
0: Yeah.
1: Once you edge things, you can never unsee it. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing, yes. My my driveways are not edged, by the way, just so everybody knows. But I, I would like for them to be.
2: I think for me personally, I haven't had any big you know, life experience like that, I think it's, it comes into stages where it's like you initially ask the question and then you just say yes or no. And then it's like, how deep is your yes? Uh, I think that's what I'm trying to get at. Um And for me, I have, like I said, I haven't, I haven't gone through anything so, I'm not using the word dramatic as something, you know, negative, but something to where it's like almost an on your knees situation um calling out to the Lord saying Lord now more than ever I need to know that you are enough um I mean in the situation that I'm in right now I have a I have a kid she's 7 months old um and so just the miracle of birth is like is like amazing and so you can kind of see it there like um Jesus had all this his hand in every single part of creating this baby and he has every single hand in the part of creating our family under a godly you know roof with Kayla and I being leaders and having to to lead our child into this world that is so broken and hearing all these different stories about different kids going different ways or renouncing their faith and it's like I'm I'm supposed to raise my child in that and so I think later on like in past conversations that we've had you would say like it's coming right so it's like be prepared because it's not it's it's not just going to be a fluffy ride for the rest of your life right um you're gonna be tested with that question i th- I, I could see it coming I right. could see it coming in that aspect um, but I haven't had something like like yours yet, so I think for me, obviously all of us answer the question yes, but some of us, some of us have yet to go deeper into why it's a yes. Yeah, which we no, is we're good. still in those initial stages.
1: I think one of the keys to being able to survive faith challenges, you guys, uh, this is old. Y'all weren't alive when this was written, but it's called uh, "Experiencing God" by Henry Blackaby. Have y'all ever heard the curriculum? It's worth going through. I've thought a couple times it would be worth us getting. I'd get it, and let's go through it together. But Henry Blackaby talks about um, uh, we walk with God, we have a crisis of faith, and we have to go through this challenge of our crisis of faith, and then we move on with God. It was good. It's good curriculum, man. It stood the test of time. But uh, crises of faith come, and it's preparing for them. Um, it's recognizing they are going to come. And if we have a theology that supports that, then our our faith doesn't get rocked when it comes. Um, In fact, it bolsters our faith. Um, So you're right, Marco. It's kind of like, okay, I'm I'm building a basis off of which when my float gets popped, I can land on the bottom of the pool and push up Mm -hmm. because I know it's there. Yeah.
2: It's always easy to say yes when everything's going good. Yeah. Um, We use the example of Job. Right everything, right. everything seemed easy, and you know at at one point everything was taken away from him, and he still said yes, yeah, my my God is enough um and that is like a true, legitimate, undying yes, yeah, and so I think that's what we're trying to find is when we ask this question to you guys, is your yes an undying yes, or is your yes a yes because you're you have it good, mm you know yep. you're you're in the pool in the summer with your floaty yeah <laughs> That's you're right. drinking your hand and a yeah you know, not a care to the world, but when it starts to storm and rain and you feel like you're drowning and there's nowhere else to go, is your yes still a yes, yeah, or sure. is it a no is yeah. it a maybe
1: right so it's good
4: i think for for me uh growing up in the I call it the Southern Baptist bubble. Um, Amen. Yeah, because I just, uh, um, and I don't, I'm not saying anything's wrong with Baptists. Proud Southern Baptist, it's okay. Sometimes sometimes we're weird, but but anyway, uh, I I grew up in that scene. Then I got to high school and college and uh, really figured out the way to, I guess, of play into the the system of growing up or uh going up the i guess the the ladder of success in in church work um like i would do worship leading things and so i could go and do this thing and that thing and um it always seemed like jesus was enough because i had all these great opportunities and there was never anything wrong with the opportunities they were great opportunities um but deep down inside, like I was going and in, in leading in, in all these different aspects, um, but throughout that all, like throughout all of that, like I was never really confronted with the question of is Jesus really enough? Because kind of like Margaret was just saying, like it was easy, mm. and so um, I didn't really have to think about that question a lot. The uh, consideration of where I was at, my relationship with Christ was. Um, I kind of affirmed it for myself because I was just like, you know like i'm leading worship i'm I'm able to do that well, like I know what I'm talking about I, I love theology and and learning more about that. I get that. I can read the Bible and explain it to others decently um and so I was like well i'm I'm good, like Jesus is enough, we're good there um would even sing sing songs Christ is enough for me, mm-hmm. and um. And then being confronted with my my sin, my brokenness, and just the emptiness there of my whole pursuit was about me. My whole pursuit was about my pride, hmm. um, and really, like it's an ongoing thing of right. uh, of learning more about that and submitting to right. the grace of Christ in that. Uh, but that 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 is when I think. The question actually became became a a real question, and um, again, like we've all said over and over again, uh, yes is the answer. Like, Jesus is enough, but when, I guess sometimes I look at theology as like, we have a theoretical theology. Um, When we're writing it out on paper, we're talking about it, we can... uh, we believe these things we see these things and we can support these things by looking at scripture and, and seeing how scripture talks about that and um and see that clearly but when you look at your life like what is your functional theology um or your practical like does that does that match up and so for me my theoretical my functional theology or there's probably better words for that but um they were in opposition so theoretically um my theology was based on like the grace of god Functionally, it was based on what's Chris doing to do better. Uh, like, how can how can mm-hmm. I prove my salvation better? Um, and so that that kind of it it became all about me, nothing about Christ. And so mm-hmm. uh, Christ was enough if Chris was doing enough. Was basically mm-hmm. yeah. uh, what I learned. My
3: answer to that was
1: that's good. But you guys over there, Nathan.
3: Yeah. So uh, when will Jesus be enough? Um, you know, and, you know, yesterday, today, and forever, right? I a yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and when that became my answer, it was probably four or five years ago. God gave me new life on a job site, mm-hmm. and it, you know, had radical, quick sanctification from Him. Um, and so it, it was very easy to see. Uh, that he is enough, like, because nothing else was. Mm, yeah. And yeah, I've, I think I've had four jobs in these past four or five years, and much like you go into landscaping, it has been a demotion in responsibility <laughs> and also in, you know, how much money I'm making. And it was never difficult to make those decisions. Well, you know, I thought about it, right, but each – you know, I quit my first big time construction job because I didn't have time for, you know, church for being with the brethren or mm-hmm. whatever. Um and through that I ended up meeting my wife. So I know that, you know, <laughs> that's a good decision. Um
1: best decision you ever oh, made, 100%, right?
3: hundred percent. And then two the next two uh Jobs were, you know, were kind of the same way. They were, they were really great gigs, but it just, uh, like, I'm back in construction. Praise God for that. And my schedule is, you know, basically like these office guys. You know, it's right. seven thirty to five, and I'm and I'm home, and and it's, uh, it maybe has taken some things, but it's given me, you know, so much more. Mm. And so, um, when I think about that, that first or the beginning, um, like, you know, dude, I wasn't watching TV. I would read, you know, the same chapter 30, 50 times in a row, you know, like when I started reading the New Testament because, you know, I wasn't, Didn't really know where I was going. So that genealogy in Matthew was real confusing to me. I had no idea what it was. I didn't know what begot meant. You know, I didn't know how many, all the translations that you could read. And, you know, so now I, I pose the question like, or the best way to answer it, because today Jesus is enough for me. Like, that's how I start and end my day. But I look to my past where it's like, dude, you wasn't watching TV for months. And today, you know, that's, you know, one of my, one of the things that I do with my wife, you know, we watch TV and then looking ahead, it it does seem a little, you know, fuzzy as far as like, you know, what, what is God going to call us to do or, or what is he going to give us or what is he going to take away from us? And, um, I just kind of try to stay in firm on my, my today answer Mm. and just trust that, you know, what's coming
1: is. Mm-hmm. Is just more Jesus. That's good. <laughs> so Man, that's solid. Imagine you got saved on a job site and obeyed the Lord to be able to go to church and be with your wife more and things are more to important. To even meet my wife. Yeah. To even meet your wife. Absolutely. Well, I think what's beautiful in that in that testimony, that story of grace is you've experienced by obedience, God has supplied what you needed mm-hmm. and things that are more valuable than money. Mm-hmm. Um he's enough. And and that, you know, those experiences help you to have your feet landed on a place where you know God's been faithful and he will continue to be faithful. Mm-hmm. So it may hurt. Um I may not feel, but I can know by experience in the past he's been faithful. That's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Abe, you got any uh any insights? Yeah.
0: Um When will Jesus be enough is a question. And I'm 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 reflecting, and I was reflecting this week, and just what comes to mind is being thankful for the men and women that were um, faithful into sharing who Jesus was with me, right? From from the very beginning, um, you know, background, nom- you know, family was nominal Catholic, non-Christian, christian um father, um, alcoholic, um, and, you know, mother trying her best and um, seeing Jesus transform a, a alcoholic father and do a 180 in his life, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, um, knowing what a non-Christian household looks like and looking what a trying-to-follow-Jesus house, household looks like and so these are experiences and 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 things that you know from from you know childhood and these faithful youth youth leaders trying to uh try to share who Jesus is and my rebellious state of like skipping and not wanting to hear it for 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 a long time still being the good child right mhm and, and the uh and the the culture we're in and um. Not until you know. There's moments of my life that you know I've asked God of, of just like. If you say who you are, you know, come into my life, right from from the beginning, and and so I'm I'm, I'm saying a basis to to say is that um, from my interactions with God, right? And I know one of those points is interact with God, and so. Uh, there's been moments of, of of my life realizing and 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 needing to interact with god and when when I keep my eyes on on the lord um and and I'm thankful for the community right and the, the Christian faith allows for an adoption in a family right there's certain components and and so um the the beautiful I don't have anything else, right? From, right. you know, the the anxiety and trauma of possibly losing your whole family because you know my family was immigrant family, and and having like I have nothing else, like I'll be abandoned. Like Jesus, the God of the universe, like you're it. You say you're you're gonna be my father. You say you're gonna be my family. Um, and you say you'll always be there, and so I'm i uh, I'm trusting you because obviously the things around me is like they they will fleet away, they can be gone they're not they're finite mm-hmm. you know and so um certain experiences and i and I, and I believe the you know the the words that were coming to was I want you know breath of life for everyone, even for your listeners here's like I want breath of life mm-hmm. for all of us and and that comes from looking and interacting with God yeah and so um, I, from, from, you know, this past year of COVID, like I had to cling on the Lord. Like right. I said, you know, with, with wife and medicine, 125 hours mm-hmm. of working in the hospital and in weeks of, you know, like having learning really quickly what emotional intelligence is, right? Like mm-hmm. learning really quickly, like, wow, well, I, I really have to dive deep and, and be an emotional support here. And learning that as a husband, Mm. um, and and saying, "Lord, I I need your shepherdness, right? Right? I need need from you. uh, I come from neediness, and and realizing, you know, I can only read so many books and interact with so many people, but I need your divine intervention to to be able to be a reflection of you Mm -hmm. towards my wife, and just um, times of I am just thankful, um, especially from early on, saying you have to be rooted." the early spiritual father figures in in my life. It's like, you have to be rooted Mm. in, in, in the Lord. And, and so, Mm. um, knowing that getting taught that, right. Mm -hmm. Um, is, is go to the Bible and, and learn that from other men as well. It's like, Mm. um, and knowing if I go back to my sinful things is like, it's just going to mess up my life even more. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's just going to be super messy. Right. So uh, yes, Jesus is enough, and and c- just my the thing I have to remind us: so keep interacting with Him. That's good. Just keep
1: interacting with Him. Yeah, that's, good. Interacting with him. Mm, that's good. I want to encourage you guys: is uh, you guys sitting here in this room with me this morning, um, folks listening to this all over the world. It's not a ton of people, but it's a ton of places, um, even in places like China. Um, uh, people who. English speakers listen to this. And so your testimonies, your stories are, are powerful because it's a story, the stories of Jesus is enough and their decisions you have to make and um, that, that have consequences for you in the moment, but God's faithful. He's proven himself to be faithful, to be enough. And so appreciate you guys star- sharing your stories. We're kind of really coming up on our, our time limit. So I want to give you guys a final word. There's so much more to unpack here and we will. We'll continue unpacking this. We won't do it on a podcast necessarily, but we might. You guys are really good, and uh, it's been a lot of fun having you. And I want to give you a last word and because, Nathan, I actually know you have to go to work here in a few minutes. And so uh, uh, we're recording early. And uh, and uh, if you want to give us a last word, any final thoughts before you have to go? And if you don't have to go, you don't have to leave. I'm not kicking you out of the office, man. I just want no, to be sensitive to your, it. your I work get it. time.
3: I wore these pants yesterday, so. <laughs> yeah, well, they're ready. getting rid of me.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> now they're clean. They just don't look it. Um, that's awesome. Last words. I don't know. You've just brought my attention to the audience and um, dudes, gals. Like, you know, since we're speaking of experiences, like there is nothing – that can keep you from God. Mm. Um, God ended the war between me and him. Mm. When Jesus sacrificially died on the cross for my sins and, Mm. and what a feeling it is to, to know that I'm, I'm bought and I'm wanted and I'm loved and I'm kept. So even with my heart still an idle factory, um, there there's no way that they 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 aren't burnt up any anymore. Mm. Uh, God is real, God saves,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and God
1: is everything. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about it. That's good. Solid. 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 Abe, come around uh, come around there to you again. Any final word? yeah um
0: just basically just keep interacting with God, right maybe you know and i am preaching this to myself as well, and this you know telling myself is you know maybe you haven't been talking to God for a long time, um, and if you my prayer is that you will meet someone that is faithful to the Word and maybe start interacting with them, mm. you know take a step today, like I'm gonna interact with God and um, and and continue my relationship or, or start your relationship you know yeah mm-hmm. solid marco um i so just
2: been thinking like we need to utilize the the privilege that we have to talk to our lord directly back in the old testament we weren 't supposed to do that we weren't able to do that we mm-hmm. designated one person to do that for us um and it was to the point where there was just that feeling of separation. Um, but now we get to do that through the mediation of Jesus. And so just utilize that time that you get to get to talk to the Lord and just dwell on him every day. Um, our partners, snowbird wilderness outfitters, they have a saying for their full-time staff their full-time staff. Um, take a day off, get eaten by a lion. Um, it sounds silly but it's so serious at the same time especially in a ministry like that where you're constantly pouring into kids who have so many different backstories that some of them are just insane Mm -hmm. to think about, that a 12-year-old or 13-year-old is going through this stuff. Um, So just utilize the time that you get with the Lord. um, Pray, read, be in community um, like we are, disciple. Mm -hmm. Um, Because then the the answer of, yes, Jesus is enough, will be clearer and clearer um, and then, whenever a trial does come, you have that support and you have that foundation to make that answer way deeper than you could have ever imagined. And so, that's solid. Good, Chris. Uh,
4: I just want to share a part of a passage that um, we read recently. Uh, Lizzie and I had the opportunity to work with some displaced folks overseas and so um, this was one of the passages that we kind of we spent a lot of time reading together as a group and then praying through it's uh, out of psalm 16 but i'm just going to read verses 8 through 11 it says i know the lord is always with me i will not be shaken for he is right beside me no wonder my heart is glad and i rejoice my body rests in safety For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your holy one to rot in the grave. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. And, um, especially that last verse there, you will grant me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Um, to kind of listen to these folks that we were with talk about this passage and then thinking about it this morning, um. Jesus is truly enough, and he will always prove that. Um, and that is a beautiful thing to be able to rest in. Um, sometimes we, we need to remind ourselves and remind each other of that in the good times, though, as well. Right. Um, because, in a sense, it's it can be easier uh, at times to remember that in the storm. Um, but when things are going well, that's... That, that can be where that really trips us up and we think we're enough as opposed to Jesus being enough. And so um, I heard it said by somebody this morning, but be rooted and grounded in the word,
1: stick to it, stick to the manual. Mm. It's good, it's good. Uh, I, I uh, always think about one, one of the things we say here is give God a lifetime to work. Um, he, a- Abraham, uh, God told him through Sarah he's going to give him a son. So uh, he takes up his efforts and uses. Uh, Sarah gives him her servant. Well, we've we got to have a son. So God said me, but we're old. Um, and so it was 25 years, 25 years before God fulfilled his promise to Abraham and Sarah. 25 years. Um, and so in the meantime, well, I don't see how this is going to happen. We're going to get old. So let's try to do it our way. Um when when the God God was enough. Um there's nothing that limits the Lord, you know, and and I think I struggle with uh because I'm I'm fairly capable human being. Um I can get things done, I can work and make things happen. It's easy for me to take things into my own hands. And then when, when my hands aren't enough, I struggle with like uh uh God, are you enough? Because I'm I can make things happen, and and it's easy for me to make things happen and say it was the Lord. And, and, and I get there's a component to which, well, if it wasn't for the Lord giving you life, that wouldn't have happened. I get it. I get it. I get it. But I also know in my heart this is maybe something God said, stop and rest and let me make it happen. And then I didn't trust him, and I went and did it anyway. So it looks like God was at work and doing it when, in fact, it was just me doing it. Although God gave me liberty and he was gracious to go, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let that stand. I'm not going to strike you down because of the cross, <laughs> uh, but um, but you didn't let me do it. And so give him a lifetime to work. And so I, I have to work on not getting out in front of God like I can. I, that's pop Christian language getting out in front of God like I can get out I can't get out in front of God, but you know what I mean. I'm acting disobediently by going ahead and trying to make stuff happen on my own. And so Jesus is truly enough and and there are times for me I have to practice that by Sabbathing. Mm-hmm. I refuse to do it on my own. I'm gonna stop, I'm gonna pray, and I'm gonna wait. Yeah. And I will not put my hands to that. I will not lift up my hand. I will not put my hand on it. I will not lift up my words. This has to be you, and boy, that's hard. <laughs> because if you could lift up a hand or use a word and make it happen, it just makes sense, mm-hmm. right? I'm just being faithful. I'm trying to get your work done, <laughs> and you can justify it. And maybe God said, "No, I want you to. I want you to let me make that happen." It might be set. Might be 25 more years, and you're going to be a hundred when it happens. but I'll make it happen. And so uh, He's enough. Give Him a lifetime to work. And uh, so even in those bottom moments, the Lord's enough. He's absolutely enough. Um, guys, it's been an absolute joy to have you in today. And um, it's been fun to talk about this. We have by no means reached the conclusion of this topic. There's so much more to talk about, but we're out of time. And guys, we appreciate you listening to Theology in the Dirt. Uh, please send us questions at theologyinthedirt@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We're glad to talk about them and love these guys being in. And, uh, If you'd like to hear them more, let me know because uh, we don't mind showing up to Restoration Room at 6.15 on a Friday morning to record a podcast. (laughs) It's been a lot of fun today, guys. I appreciate your time. It's a joy to spend time with you. It's a joy to come to you guys with Theology in the Dirt around the world. You guys who listen, we appreciate it. You have an absolute great rest of your day. We'll see you next time.